It's good to be back in the house of the Lord with all of you today. Y'all are looking well. So thankful that we have the privilege to come and fellowship together this morning in the house of the Lord. And I am thankful that he is today all that we need. Amen. Has he, has he been faithful to anybody in the house this morning? Oh, come on now. Has he ever been more than enough? Amen. I can testify this morning that he has been good to me. He's been good to my family, and uh, I give him honor and glory this morning for that. Sister Debbie's class, you're free to go at this time, and uh, we are excited to be able to share the word with you this morning in just a few moments. Uh, If you have your Bibles this morning, you can begin to turn to John chapter number 1. I'm going to take us and read several passages of Scripture together. The Lord would help us uh, to try to share with you what God has placed in our heart for this morning. And uh, we appreciate uh, you being here today. And we do, uh, for those that's not able to be here this morning, uh, that'll be uh, viewing us a little bit later this afternoon as we rebroadcast this service this evening on social media. We say a very special welcome to them this, uh, on this Lord's Day, and I, we look forward to having them back in the house with us in the next few weeks as well. Uh, but this morning, if the Lord would help me, I want to share in your hearing today for a few moments uh, from the book of John, chapter number one. We're going to read throughout this chapter together. Uh, But with this thought in mind, a blinded generation. Uh, We today, I know that may sound a little bleak this morning, but just stay with me. Uh, We're we're going to uh, end on a positive note today. But throughout history, the history of humanity, uh, men have always battled uh, having the ability to see. Uh, And I'm not necessarily talking about in the natural, but talking about having an experience in order to see who God really is. If you was to go all the way back to the beginning of your Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning God created. And uh, we find that when something is created, it becomes visible. But how many knows everything that's been created you have not yet seen? And therefore, we have to make sure that we are always positioning ourselves in order to not walk blinded concerning something. And that's why the word of the Lord tells us that we are to be men and women of wisdom. And we are always instructed to get wisdom because it is the principal thing. And with wisdom, we are to get understanding. And you could find that in Proverbs 3, and we're going to go to John chapter 1 in just a moment, but if you was to read Proverbs chapter 3, you would find uh, halfway through that chapter towards the latter part of it, it says in verse 25, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. But he says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. How many knows that there is great wealth and having understanding and wisdom that God's got it. No matter where you find yourself. And uh, all of us, have, we've lived any length of time at all, 
can look over our life and we can point storms that has happened and say, man, we thought for sure that was the end of us. But in the midst of our current situation and that time in life, we had an inability to really see God for who he was. But God would show up and he was faithful and then hindsight is 2020 is what we've always heard all of our life and there's some truth to that because now we can look over the history of our life and say God was faithful and God was faithful and God was faithful can I tell you this morning he's still faithful and today I want to deal with a blinded generation because right now this current generation does not need to see religion it does not need to see you and me and does not need to see talents and giftings but it needs to see Jesus Christ much like every generation before this one but to get to John chapter 1 it says in verse number 6 and we're going to read 6 through 8 and then 15 through 23 and then we'll go on down a little further it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? Verse number 20. It says, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are thou Elias? And he said, I am not. They said, are thou a prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, the voice, he said, who art thou? And that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As said the prophet Isaiah. And they asked him, and he said unto them, Why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet? Verse 26, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is, in verse 27, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. And then verse 29 It says, then the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it abode upon him, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Of whom thou seest shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw him bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold 
the Lamb of God. Now, I know that's a lot of reading this morning, but when you slow down and really read this, you find that John possessed the ability to see what others did not see. He had a revelation that came to him, and you have to take this all of the way back to Luke chapter 1 to really understand what is going on in John chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, there is Zechariah. He is a priest. He is married to a daughter of Aaron. And we find uh, that she is Elizabeth. They are, the Bible says this, what a testimony to have that they was simply blameless in the eyes of the Lord, more or less. They was well stricken in years, but yet she was barren and she did not have a child. But while John's father was conducting his duties in the temple, the angel of the Lord comes and he says, there is getting ready to be a disruption because you are going to bring forth a son and he is going to prepare the way of the Lord. And you find that when you begin to read through this, in verse number 76 of chapter 1 of the book of Luke, it says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. He will give knowledge of salvation unto the people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. He is to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Now I will tell you this, that John, he was a, he was a little bit different kind of dude. He dressed differently. He ate differently. Uh, to say it in a nice way, he was a very peculiar individual. He didn't eat what others ate. He didn't dress like others ate. He conducted himself in a completely different manner than most people around him and his culture did. But there was something unique about him because if you will read the first part of Luke chapter 1, you will find that that is the encounter at the same time where after six months, uh, basically Elizabeth was six months with child and the angel Gabriel came and had a visitation with Mary. And he said, by the way, your, your family is, uh, Elizabeth is already six months with child. So Mary jumps up and runs to Elizabeth and comes in and begins to make a proclamation of what's happening in her life. And all of a sudden it says that when John was in the womb of his mother, that he leaped. And even while he was in the womb, he had the ability to see and to sense and experience something that others had not yet come to realization or understanding of. Now, when you begin to look at John's life, he begins to be out in the wilderness, begins to preach this message that there is one coming after him and, and he's going to uh, uh, redeem the world of sin and, and all of these things. And he really begins to cause quite a commotion. And we find that the story of John, that as he possessed the ability to see that others failed to see, he stood with great boldness and began to proclaim that Jesus was the light of the world. 
he alone began to disrupt in the culture of his day by simply giving voice to what he saw that others could not see. He was deemed a threat to society because of his message. You look at his life and we see that there was a hatred that began to boil over towards him all because he began to make a declaration of truth that others had not yet come to see. If you fast forward, however, into his life, you will find that things changed rather quickly. Because when you look at what he begins to do, how many knows that we have to take all of the scripture if we are going to live by the word of the Lord? Now, in recent years, we have been led to believe that, that the world is going to love us and they're going to pat us on the back for everything that we do for the kingdom. Can I tell you, that's really not scriptural at all. But the word of the Lord says that they hated me, so they'll what? They'll hate you. Meaning this, the world doesn't understand who we really are. And therefore, they do seem and, and they experience a, a sense of threatening when somebody really begins to make a declaration with power and authority. Because how many knows it goes against everything they believe? But we find that as John begins to make this declaration of truth, and that wasn't just the world, but it was the religious leaders of his day, they began to be very threatened by the message that John was preaching. And, and because they understood this, if there is truth to what this man is saying, if what he is saying is really true, that means everything we're doing this Sabbath day is going to have to be altered in the future. And when they began to look at themselves and say, where does that put me? They began to look and say, man, man, if that really comes and if that really happens, uh, then, then my significance is out the window. My, my position is out the window. Uh, my, my livelihood is disrupted. And they said, man, we, we, we got to silence this. Uh, and there was a hatred that began to be boiled so much that you will find that John ended up being boiled in oil uh, and, and, and he lost his life. Uh, uh, others, if you start walking through history, everybody that ever made declarations of truth, uh, they began to find great opposition. But in this cycle, as he begins to make a proclamation of truth, we find that when you get to Matthew chapter 11, he is in a place of prison. Now notice how important it is that we keep our eyes upon Jesus. Because Here's a man that's out in the desert. He's preaching that there's one coming after him that he's not worthy to undo their shoes. And then on the next day, we actually, and get this, and I've alluded to this before, but the following day, John's out preaching. He's baptizing in the, in the Jordan. And here comes Jesus walking down the road. And all of a sudden, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Just a mere man walking down the road, right? But then he saw the spirit of the Lord. Jesus comes and says, you can read in your Bible, he says, baptize me. And he says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And he said, no, you, you got to baptize me. And, and so John begins to baptize Jesus in the Jordan. And the spirit of the Lord had told John, he said, one of these days you're going to be baptizing somebody. And when you take them and put them under and bring them up, basically the Holy Spirit of God in the form of a dove is going to come and set on them. And, the, and when it stays on them, then you know that's him. 
Now, when I read that, and I've read that for years, but when I reread that in recent days, I realized this. It wasn't the first time that the Holy Spirit ever came down and sat on somebody when John baptized. Think about that. But I, other times in history, evidently in John's ministry, it was something that was somewhat common maybe. I don't know. But when he would baptize them, the Holy Spirit would come in the form of dove, but then fly away. But he said on the one that comes and he stays and he, ad- and, he, and he abodes there, that's the one that is the son of God. So on this particular day, he does it and this dove in this, the, the form of the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove and it stays there. And then all of a sudden you begin to hear a proclamation that this is, this is he. Now you would think by this time that man, he is Saul, he has preached, he's gave his life to this thing. There is no deterring, there is no turning back. Man, I am going on with Jesus the rest of my days. But you go to Matthew chapter 11 and you find it come to pass in verse number one. When Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed uh, and he went to teach and to preach in their cities. And now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and he said unto him, Art thou he that should come or do we look for another? What happened? A man that had Saul now was stricken with blindness. The one that has saw the Holy Spirit of God set on top of him in the form of a dove and has heard a proclamation that he is the Christ, that he is the Lamb of God. Now, because of a current crisis in his life, sitting in a prison cell, the darkness has destroyed his vision and he sends two of his disciples and said, go talk to Jesus and ask him, is he the one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. It was in that moment of time, God allowed two of his disciples to begin to witness some things that was taking place in that moment of time. He said, go tell John the blind receive their sight and the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them And blessed is he, by the way, John, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Do you know today that there's a lot of offended people? There's a lot of people that's offended because God didn't do what they thought he should do concerning a situation in their life. If there is anybody in scripture that you think that Jesus would have delivered from prison. It would have been John. It was not just a, a friend, but it was his family. It was his cousin. Uh, he would have wanted him delivered. But he said, by the way, uh, he said, John, you don't understand the whole workings of what God is doing. Don't you be offended that I'm not coming to you, but get your eyes back onto what it needs to be that I truly am who the Lord says that I am. Now, we find a man that has become somewhat confused. He had once stood with such certainty and now he's questioning all that he has given his life to. His focus has become off. He's no longer a man of clarity, but now he's become a man of uncertainty. Everything he has ever proclaimed, he is now unsure of. And the darkness of this prison he finds himself in has obviously affected his ability to see and to think 
clearly. But notice it was in the middle of this condition that Jesus did not condemn him, but he simply sends word back to him so that his sight can be restored. Stay with me this morning. Currently we find ourselves in a time in which we must experience this type of reformation. For something to be reformed, it means this, the improvement or the amendment of what is wrong, meaning this, there is a absolute transformation that has to take place. Can I remind us just how important vision really is this morning? If you was to turn into your Bibles, Proverbs 29 and read verse 18, you would find that it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If you translate the last part of, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he, it means this, one that lives a focused life lives a fulfilled life. John had a momentary loss of focus because of the condition that he found himself in. Can I tell you today that the enemy, the adversary that we are fighting against every day of our life is still doing what he's always done. He's still speaking lies. He's still trying to birth fear. He's still trying to paralyze and isolate people, put them in a prison so that darkness begins to distort their vision. And because of that, they lose their focus. Can I tell you, our focus must be brought back to what our true purpose is. Our purpose as men and women of faith is not just to assemble in a house one, two, three, or four days a week and to sing a song, hear a message, and then do the same thing next week. Our purpose as men and women of faith is to be the church of Jesus Christ. Our purpose we find in Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but put it on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Can I tell you today, we are to be the church of Jesus Christ, uh, and that means we are to be the salt and the light. Uh, you and I today must understand it is time to be part of a reformation uh, of a prophetic vision back to the body of Christ. Uh, I am sorry to inform you this morning, uh, this is not about you and it's not about me. I knew you wouldn't shout me down, but that's all right. It is about the king of glory, uh, and it is about the dead of your humanity. Uh, and we understand this. Uh, God is giving his church an opportunity to reach the world again. His desire is to restore sight to all that are in a state of darkness today. I know that doesn't really fit the agenda of men uh, and many that are that is out doing certain things today, but he does not want you to live another day in darkness, uncertainty, anxiousness, or fear. Those things are not of God. Hear me today. We are men and women that are to be light uh, and we are to be salt, meaning this, our lives are to make people thirsty for Jesus. Throughout generations, he has willingly 
given sight to those that have called out to him. If you was to read Matthew chapter number 20, 29 through 34, you would read where there was two blind men sitting on the side of the road. A multitude of people is walking with Jesus. They began to cry out and say, O Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd said this, leave him alone. Don't holler at him. He's moving. He's going somewhere else. But they cried the more so. O Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on us. When you look, Jesus stopped. He stood still and he called them to where he was. And he said, what shall I do for you? Notice what they said. They said, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus, having compassion on them, touched their eyes. And it says immediately uh, they received their sight uh, and then they followed him. Can I tell you today, it is a time and a season where we must understand that there has to be vision brought back to the house of God if men and women of darkness is ever going to experience light. Uh, we today, our prayer today should be that we have an appetite for the things of God like others before us have had. Paul is a perfect example. Paul simply said this in, in Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering been made comfortable unto his death. Paul was saying this, uh, I need to make sure that my life is laser focused. Uh, I need to make sure that I just keep my eyes on him because I got to know him. Uh, I've got to be intimate with him. Uh, I've got to experience him. I, I don't want to know him from afar, uh, but I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Uh, when you really look at that phrase, what he's really saying is this, uh, I want to get so close to him. I want to get so next to him uh, that I'm no longer walking in any blindness at all, uh, but I'm walking in a place where I have clarity uh, of who he is. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, there are men and women that came before us that knew who he was. Uh, they walked with him. They talked with him. Uh, they woke up with him. They went to bed with him. Uh, they walked throughout their day with him. Uh, and they simply said this, there is nothing uh, that will separate us from him. Uh, but today in our world, uh, we think he's just something we have to take off the shelf and put on if we're in trouble. Uh, listen, uh, there's a God that loves us so much uh, that he gave his son uh, so that we can have life uh, and have it everlasting. Uh, listen, uh, the God that I serve, uh, he is not made by the hands of men. Uh, he is not a wooden carved out image. Uh, he is not something that is far off that cannot hear. Uh, but the God that I serve is alive and well. Uh, he is still full of power. Uh, he's still full of authority. Uh, he's still healing. Uh, he's still delivering. Uh, he's still setting free. Uh, can I tell you, I'm not talking about somebody uh, that's in a grave somewhere. Uh, listen, uh, I'm talking about one that's standing at the right hand of the Father uh, making intercession for you and I today. Uh, I am not going to allow the circumstances uh, of our culture uh, to blind me uh, from the true identity of Jesus. Uh, this morning, uh, can I make a declaration to you? 
He is still uh, the beginning and he's still the end. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, he is still the beautiful Rose of Sharon. Uh, Can I tell you uh, this morning uh, that yes, he is still the Lamb of God. Uh, But can I tell you uh, that the Lion of the tribe of Judah is about to come back for his church. Uh, I want you to hear me this morning. Uh, He is still uh, a blind man healer. Uh, He is still a sea walker. Uh, He is still a mountain mover. Uh, He is still able to calm the storms of your life. He's still able to reach out and save your loved one. He is still able to put money in your bank account. He is still able to take that which is broken and put it back together and make it more beautiful than it's ever been. Don't you believe the lies of the enemy? I come to tell you this morning, God does not want you to walk around blinded, but he wants you to see him high and lifted up. Listen, you gotta understand, there is something that's shifting. There is something that's moving. I'm here to tell you what other Saul we are about to see. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his robe filled the temple. This morning, this generation has an opportunity to see him high and lifted up. Oh, somebody give him a shout of praise. Oh. I just throw those away. I don't even know where I'm at with them right now. Listen, my friend, uh, we got to get back to where we understand uh, that we're not defeated, uh, that we're not just existing, uh, but because the blood of Jesus, uh, I can stand with power, uh, I can stand with authority, uh, and I can resist the devil, uh, and he has to flee because uh, of who Jesus is. But today... Don't fall out with me this morning. We have a blinded generation. When I say that, I'm not talking about the world. You hear me? A sinner's gonna do what sinners do. They gonna sin. You hear me? Men and women of darkness are going to live and operate in darkness because they have not yet come to the light of Jesus Christ. But in the walls of the American church, we have given birth to a generation that has now given birth to the next generation. And they have heard the stories of the miraculous, but they've never saw them. They are blinded by religion. They are blinded by formalities. They are blinded by the intellects of men. God give us the day again, where maybe the preacher just isn't so polished and he's a little bit more dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Give us, God again, an opportunity to see you in operation in your house again. Recently, in India, Friends of ours, Brother Van Bloss, been there for many, many years. They have a young pastor.
pastor of a church, his name is Michael, operating in the unreached people groups of India. A lady falls sick in a village and they heard about Pastor Michael and they said, will you pray for her? He didn't have the ability to get to where she was, but he prayed for her and she was healed. She walked with health for some time. She was, to their understanding, the only known believer in her village. And as she began to follow after Christ, no one else around her was. She's buried, had children. Something happens in her life and she dies. Her husband sends word to Pastor Michael and says, will you come and do her funeral because we think because she had a heart towards Jesus that she needs to have a Christian burial. Total different culture than what we are accustomed to here. Pastor Michael was hesitant, but he took a couple of people with him and he went to this village, a village where nobody's serving the Lord. And he asked the village leader to be okay if he does a ceremony. He says, yes, I believe that because she publicly said that she followed Jesus, she should have a Christian burial, so he was permitted. All of the village comes. Pastor Michael begins to minister the message of Jesus Christ to people that had never heard the message before. This village begins to repent. Can I tell you, even in the midst of death, Jesus begins to bring light. Now, in this little village in India that has never followed Christ, the lady that passed away, her husband, says, now can we establish a church in our house and make our house a place for God to dwell? It wasn't because of a man. was it because of a promotion. It was simply because that they saw Jesus. Amen. What I'm telling you today is there is a generation that goes to church every Sunday, but yet they don't see him. Most of you in this room have brought your kids or your grandkids or your nieces and nephews to full gospel, spirit-filled churches and they've never seen the power of God. Y'all have stories about being in church till midnight. Y'all have stories about sister so-and-so shouting her bobby pins out of her hair. You have stories about brother so-and-so running the back of the pew or the seats and even folding chairs and they never moved. I'm not saying it's all an outward thing. That, don't get into that. But, but what I'm saying is you have saw the display and the power of God move on men and women. But yet your children, your grandchildren, nieces and your nephews, they have yet to see it. And then you sit and wonder in a judgmental fashion, I don't know why they don't want anything to do with God. It's because they're blinded. Why are they blinded? I'll tell you why. The same thing that happened to John has happened to you and I. 
we became more focused on our circumstances than on our Savior. The moment that John got his eyes off Jesus and began to look at the condition he found himself in, can I tell you, your condition does not change the authority of God. This current situation in our nation and in the nations of the world, it didn't catch God by, the, by surprise at all. But God has rolled back a hedge to a certain degree and said, I'm going to let these things play out because I have a plan that you know not of. What he's saying is this, I am going to reposition and I am going to allow certain things to happen because I'm going to get glory. I'm not going to share my glory with anyone, is what he says. Hear me today. A blinded generation. How do we, how do we change that? How do we remedy that which is broken? Jesus sent word and he said this, John don't look at the situation you're in, but look what I'm doing in the midst of the situation. He said, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf can hear, the poor is having the gospel preached to them. He said, don't be offended because I haven't done what you think I should do in the way that I've done it, but know this, I'm still here, I'm still moving, I'm still advancing people are still being delivered and set free. Can I tell you today, in the midst of all of the COVID-19 stuff that's going on, there is still people that's experiencing Jesus. This morning, while we sit in the place that's been ordained for God to dwell, our house of worship, and we're ever so thankful that we're here. Let me take you to Titus chapter number 1, verse number 10. Actually, verse number 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Hear me. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Notice, there is evil men, there are deceivers, there are vain talkers that is motivated by unpure things to birth fear and uncertainty into your life and into your situation and into your families. But there is a God that's bigger and there is a time and a place for everything under the heavenlies. If you was to turn in your Bibles and read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you would find that there is a time to weep, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh. There's also there's a time of peace, but there's also a time to war. Can I tell you today, you are not, you are not on the love boat today but you're on the old ship of Zion. Amen. It's got battle scars, yes. Some of the sails may be ripped and torn. She may not be as beautiful in the eyes of some as she used to be, but she's still moving, she's still sailing, and she's still equipped for whatever may, she may encounter upon this sea. But I have to remind you today, 
2 John chapter number 1 verse 7 for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ come in the flesh this is a deceiver and an antichrist look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he hath both the Father and the Son if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine receive him not into your house neither bid him God's speed for he that biddeth him God's speed is partakers of his evil deeds hear me having many things to write unto you I would not write with paper and ink but I trust to come unto you and to speak face to face that our joy may be full children of thy elect sister greet thee amen it's the latter part of a letter that was penned we're simply saying this I must warn you until I can come and be in your presence don't let everything have a voice in your life because if some things give you voice in your life if you give place to it it will take your vision from you but it says if you keep your eyes on Jesus if you hold fast to that which you know is true no matter how dark it is, no matter how disturbing it becomes, you will know that you're not alone. That's why David was able to sit down after the loss of his son and pen Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He could see the good shepherd. This morning as they come to the music, I want to leave you with this this morning John came to bear witness of the light and Jesus came and was the light but let me remind you the full purpose of Christ this morning if I was to sum up his purpose this morning you can find it and you can read it in Isaiah 61 you can read in Isaiah 41 but you also can read in Luke 4 and it's summed up in verse number 18 Jesus has just came out of the wilderness fasted for 40 days tempted of the devil he was led into the wilderness by the spirit but he came out empowered by the spirit and he begins to cause a stir he begins to shed light in a world you have to remember that if you was to read John chapter 3 it says he did not come to condemn the world but he come that through him the world might be saved he come to be the light of the world so he begins to fulfill his purpose. You know, you read of him in the manger. You read of him at 12 years old in the temple, having conversation with devout men. Then you don't hear much of him until age 30. The age of 30, he's taken into the wilderness. He's there for 40 days. 
he comes out and he begins to walk through the city. He begins to cause a stir, a disruption. Such a disruption, men begin to say this, we've never heard it taught with this authority before. Nobody's ever spoken in this manner to us before. But not only did he begin to speak, but he began to touch people. Blinded eyes began to be opened. Lame men began to walk. The deaf began to speak. Those that was flat on their back began to take up their beds and follow him. Things began to drastically change. But early on in his earthly ministry, as he leaves the wilderness and begins to teach in the synagogues and this and that, then he comes back among those that he had done life with. He walks into the synagogue, opens up the scroll, finds the writings of Isaiah. In Luke 4 and 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he just very politely, quietly took that scroll and closed it up. And they went over and he sat down. Men began to marvel. Who does he think he is? There is still those today that want to take their finger and shake it in the face of God and say who does he think he is I'll stand here this morning without hesitation without fear, without reservation and tell you who he is he is the light of the world he is your savior he's your deliverer he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, he is your healer, he is everything that you need him to be But this current situation, just like every other situation that we found ourselves through in life, the enemy is trying to use to disturb your vision, distort your vision, and get you where you don't see him. I'm going to tell you something. I understand there's real issues. I understand there's real dangers. I'm not discounting that. But I'm also going to tell you this. That the men and women of faith, while we live in this world, we are not of this world. We have been bought by a price. We belong to another. And God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Right now, I understand the anxieties. I understand the uncertainty. I understand being men and women of wisdom but I also understand this if there's ever been an hour for the church to stand and be the church and to stand trusting in him it is now you and I could not conduct ourselves in a state of fear and anxiousness but we must stand and operate freely in the Holy Spirit of God knowing this having true 
complete revelation that God is who he says he is. What possesses a man like Smith Wigglesworth to walk into a room where a man is declared dead and he picks that man up and throws him against the wall and says live and he begins to live. What possesses a man to do such a thing? By the world standard, he's crazy. By the world standard, he's disrespectful. By the world standard, he needs to be in a padded cell. But that man had a revelation of who Jesus was. And they said, I will not be denied. I'll know the power of his resurrection is what Paul said. Can I ask this question before we pray this morning? Can you honestly say this morning? See, we're in, we're in one or two categories this morning sitting in this room. You're the one that can simply say this, I know of Jesus. A lot of people's in that category. I know of Jesus. But are you really in the category that says, but I know Jesus? I'm not talking about just saying, oh yeah, I know him. No, I'm talking about, do you really know him? You'd say, well, preacher, there's been times of my life that I really know that God came in and, and met me and did something for me. Yes. But why does that just have to be an occasional thing? Why don't we pursue him in such a manner that we can walk that close and near to him every day of our life? There is no reason for us not to other than the prison cells around us that distorts our vision and our focus. Please hear me today. The world is moving so rapidly. The prophetic calendar has been fulfilled moment by moment. Evil men are no longer plotting in secret rooms, but they're doing it in public display. The destruction of this nation as well as others is plotted and it's in their crosshairs and they are running full bore saying, we're going to destroy, we're going to destroy. What they are not counting on this morning is for some man or some woman that they don't know who they are that begins to see Jesus for who he is. I'm challenging you this morning as I challenge myself to let's get our focus back on him. This generation can no longer walk around blinded. If they do, they're going to find themselves in great devastation. Revival will not come just because we do religious activities. But revival fire only comes when man begins to focus on him and say, yes, I know who you are. Can I tell you this? And I'm closing this morning. Matthew chapter 11, John, go see, go ask him. Is he, is he the one or do we look for another? Oh, 
I can't help but think that when those men came back and said, John, you're not going to believe what we saw. We saw the blind receive their sight. We saw deaf men hear. We saw lame men begin to leap. And all of a sudden, inside of John, something began to awaken. Something began to change. And he began to say, you know what? Yes, I re- yes this is bearing witness in my spirit. That, that same spirit that made him leap while he was in the womb of his mother began to be so prevalent in that moment of time that it changed his life in such a manner that you read just a little bit further. That John stood with power and authority and he spoke to the leaders of that day without hesitation. But you will find that John's head was put on a platter for what he believed in and what he stood for because of why? Because he saw Jesus. I can tell you stories if I had time today I could tell you stories of men and women they bound them by their hands and their feet and put them on stakes and lit fires under them and said denounce him and we'll take you down but they began to sing the songs of Zion because they saw Jesus they wasn't blinded my prayer is this morning that you and I would no longer have blinders but that we would have clarity that we would see Jesus for who he really is. Can I tell you, he is still the beginning and he's still the end. He is still everything that we need him to be this morning as we stand all over the house today. Thank you for indulging me. I probably went too long this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us as a corporate body because this is what I believe. I believe Isaiah 42, 5 through 9 has been something that has burned in my spirit for the last six months. I find myself always coming back to this passage of Scripture, and I want to read it, and then we're going to pray. And I'm just now really beginning to understand why God is keep bringing it into my spirit. But I want you to hear the words of the prophet concerning Christ. Thus saith God the Lord. He that created the heavens and stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name. 
and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Can I give you the interpretation that I sense the Holy Spirit has given me concerning this passage and we're praying? Behold means to pause. Just look. Get your vision back. Get your focus off everything, but look to me. The former things are come to pass, meaning there's some things that's already came and been established and settled and it's finished. But there's new things that I'm declaring, says the Lord. I believe that in the year 2020, I believe it is a year where God is getting ready to show his wondrous power and his glory. I do believe that signs and wonders is beginning to fall on them that believe. It's been happening for the last several years across the globe, but it's getting ready to come back to the United States of America. What God is getting ready to do in this land, no man is going to be able to take credit for and simply say that, well, we orchestrated this and orchestrated that because God is getting ready to do houses of worship that has been faithful, men and women of God that nobody knows their name. God is getting ready to bring freshness and intensity of anointing and the glory of the Lord is getting ready to be scattered across this land because faithful men and faithful women are giving themselves to God and God is about to do a new thing. But before they spring forth, he says, I tell you of them. The whole essence of this message this morning is to simply say this to you. God is saying, I want you to get your eyes on me because I want to show you in the spirit and I want to tell you some things in the spirit because I want you to know that it's me when it begins to happen. I'm getting ready to bring revelation knowledge to my children. Hear your pastor this morning. God does not want you to come out of this craziness just to come back to the house of worship to go and do what we've always done. But God says, I'm declaring unto you, I have something that I'm wanting to bring forth now in the present, but you gotta get your eyes on me. You gotta get rid of all of this stuff. You gotta get your vision back because when you see me high and lifted up, you will see my train is still filling the temple. And what he's saying is this, you're gonna see that I've conquered this, I've conquered that. I've defeated this uh, and I've destroyed that uh, and it begins to stir something in your spirit where you say you know what my God is able Uh, he is still more than enough Uh, he is still going Uh, he's still moving Uh, he's still creating Uh, can I tell you it's time to get your, your eyes on Jesus this morning don't settle don't settle but begin to pursue this morning Right where you're at right now, grab your neighbor's hand. We're going to pray together right now. We're going to pray for vision right now. Is that all right? I know it's a little different this morning. We got, we got hand sanitizer. You can sanitize after you get done. 
Dear Heavenly Father, right now, as we stand in your house, the house of prayer, Father, right now we come in faith believing, praying this prayer together. We're asking, Lord, right now for vision to be restored. Not just in this house, but across this globe. Your word instructs us not to be weary in well-doing, and sometimes we get weary. Lord, if we're just honest with you this morning, sometimes we just get easily distracted. And when we get distracted, we get disturbed. And Father, right now, I speak to that disruption and that distraction whatever it may be in the lives of these men and women and I I just command that to be broken it could even be a stronghold father I command that to be broken off their life and Lord I pray that as you touch those men that was on the side of the road with compassion immediately they receive sight father right now I'm asking for a suddenly in this room there may be one that came in here discouraged there may be one that came in here overwhelmed There may be one that was just full of fear and anxiousness today. Lord, I pray right now that you just touch them and let them realize those things are not of you. And Lord, I pray that they would just get a glimpse of who you are. And Lord, I pray that they would just see you in your glory, that they would see you in your power and in your authority. And Lord, I just speak blessing. I just speak increase. I just speak right now over this body of people Lord, just a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I know the enemy's been working overtime, trying to get people all up in arms about everything that's going on, trying to get us to live in the what ifs. But Lord, we're not living in the what ifs, we're living in the absolute, and the absolute is that you are Lord, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that you are our source and our strength. Today, Father, The one that's in this room that may need a physical touch, I pray right now they'd receive it. The one right now that would need just an emotional, just an emotional lift this morning, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit just began to just encourage them right where they are. Lord, I pray for the one that may have a mind that is troubled. Lord, I just speak peace to that mind this morning. Let them know that you are God and that you are not far off but you are ever present. Lord, right now, I pray that you would help us just to lay everything at your feet, that we would walk from this house today free, set free, knowing this, that you are our source and our strength. And Lord, I thank you right now for moving. Lord, I believe the same spirit that was in that prison cell with John in that moment when he was questioning, oh, how he was questioning, maybe the one that's under the sound of our voice this morning that's just been questioning some things Lord right now let them just know by the Holy Spirit of God I just feel like I need to tell somebody in this house not everybody just somebody I think there's somebody in this house this morning you just need to hear this it is well right where you're standing in the midst of your trouble in the midst of all the darkness around you The Lord is saying it's well. I believe that, I believe there's a visitation coming to the portals that's getting ready to make a declaration of life. 
I just sense that in my spirit right now as I'm praying. Somebody in this room, you, you've, you've just really been disturbed. And I think this disruption that you've been going through, it, it's made you exhausted. The Lord took me to the, to the, to the woman when she said, she said, don't, don't ride easy, just ride hard as you can. I got to get to the prophet. She jumped off that horse. The Lord just let me see her running. She ran and fell down at the feet of the prophet. She said, I'm not going to let you go. You're going back with me. She was troubled. She was, she, but, but she said, she made a declaration. She says, it's well. But there was something dead in her house. But that dead thing was getting ready to come to life. There's some things that, that the enemy's trying to tell you that it's dead. But God said, I'm getting ready to resurrect it. There's some life getting ready to come to somebody in this room. I don't know what your situation is, but this morning, you hear me, God's about to awaken something, and God's about to bring it and present it to you. The enemy's told you it's dead, it's over, but God's getting ready to present it back to you, and it's going to be alive, and it's going to be breathing, it's going to be moving. Somebody needs to receive that word this morning, right where you are. God's getting ready to let you see like you've not saw. Lord, we give you praise right now. We give you glory right now. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we stand in your presence. We stand in your presence. We stand in your presence. God says, I'm going to begin to show myself in different ways, in different movements, different things. I'm going to begin to manifest myself through healings and deliverance. There is one this morning in this house today. Your back is troubling you. It's, it's tensing. It's really moving. This is a battle that you've been in continually, but God is going to move on you today. I believe that wholeheartedly. Those of you that know me, I don't do this. Right where you're standing right now, you don't need somebody to lay hands on you. You don't need somebody to come to you. But right now, there's pain in your lower back right now. Right at the top of, right at the top of your hip. You've been battling it all morning. But this morning, God's saying, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to, I'm going to let you see me. Right now, God is touching you. God is moving right now. Just receive your healing today. He's not wanting just to touch you, but he's wanting to deliver you from that. That which ails you right now. Lord, we thank you today for that. Lord, we thank you for meeting that need right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an individual this morning that you've been battling this week. You've been battling migraines in your head. It's not something that comes often, but it's began to make a reoccurring event more often. And it's disturbing you. It's distracting you. It's paralyzing you to a certain degree. God wants to move on you today. He says, I want to show you that I'm still God. He's doing it so he can get glory. And right now, right where you are, I want you to receive what God is doing in your life. You know who you are this morning. Church, I just want you to begin to call out to him. I want you to just give him praise and glory right now. The Holy Spirit of God is moving in this room. There is a moving of the Holy Spirit. He's here to meet every need. Whatever you may have need of this morning, right now, I want you to just begin to thank Him for doing it. 
I don't need to call that thing out that you're dealing with, but you just need to begin to say, God, I thank you for moving on my behalf today. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise and glory this morning. There's a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God is getting ready to bring to this nation. Those of you under the sound of my voice this morning, maybe you have desired the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have never experienced that. Maybe you've had many questions about it. Maybe you have been maybe standoffish about it. Maybe you saw things that presented more questions and answers concerning it to you. But God is saying in this season, I'm getting ready to bring a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I have a gift that I'm going to give to my church. I'm going to give to my people. It's not a gift of confusion, but it's a gift that's going to empower you and equip you to be what I need you to be in this season. And I'm going to ask you right now, for those of you that may be desiring it, maybe you've been thinking of it, right now I'm going to ask you just begin to say, God, I'll receive the gift that you have for me. And I'm believing that God's going to bring a visitation to you. You say, but I, but I don't understand all of it. Listen, know this. God is desiring to move on your behalf. God's getting ready to equip his church so that you can be the salt and the light that he's desiring for you to be. Father, right now, for those that's under the sound of our voice, that has never received the baptism of your Holy Spirit, Father, I pray first of all, Lord, that you would give them eyes to see that your Holy Spirit is just nothing more than a gift to empower them and equip them. And Father, today I pray that as they begin to seek your face, Lord, as they go to their private chambers and pray at home and their daily devotions, Lord, I am praying and believing for a fresh visitation for those that may have experienced it in days gone by, but Lord, there's a freshness of Holy Spirit that's going to begin to blow in the body of Christ. But Lord, maybe those that have never experienced it, Father, I pray in this season that they would just open themselves up to receive all that you have for them. And Lord, begin to, begin to bring visitation to them. The time of refreshing is now. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. those gifts and callings that's lying dormant in this body of people. Lord, I thank you for the releasing of them even now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving and ministering in this very moment. Oh, we love you today, Lord. We love you today, Lord. We love you today, Lord. Fathers, we still stand in your presence this morning. Lord, we take a moment and we simply just say thank you. We say thank you for your willingness to go to the cross. We say thank you for taking the stripes 
We say thank you for wearing the crown of thorns. Lord, we say thank you for taking all that which we so deserve. Thank you for bearing the shame and the guilt of our sin. Thank you that you looked ahead in time and you saw us and all of our inabilities and all of our frailties and your love that you had extended towards us kept you there on that cross that day. Oh, we just say thank you. And Lord, we stand putting our trust not in man, but we simply put our trust in you. And we make a declaration today that you are our God. You're our Redeemer, our Savior. And we say that without fear and without reservation. And Lord, we thank you today that we can testify that we once was lost, but now we're found. But Lord, today as we start a brand new week together, Lord, I pray that you would go before your children. I pray that you would just breathe upon them, that there would just be increase in strength, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I pray that not only you go before us, but you would go with us this week, and I know you will. But Lord, I pray that you would just encourage your people. Let a spirit of encouragement come to them even now. And Lord, I pray that as they begin to walk this week, as they open up the pages of your word and as they listen to worship and magnifying of your name, Lord, I pray that in those times there would just be a sweetness of the Holy Spirit that would come. That they would not be discouraged, they'd not be distracted, but that they would simply just see you. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're desiring to do right now. And Lord, I just ask this morning that you just let your face shine brightly upon them and give them blessed peace. And Lord, we're believing together. We're believing for their families to be saved, delivered, and set free in this season. Those things that have seemed far off, Lord, I thank you that you're bringing them ever so near right now. Lord, in the sweetness of your Holy Spirit in this room right now, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit is not confined to this room, but the Holy Spirit is moving and touching the hearts of their families even now. Lord, I thank you for the turnaround that's coming in those situations that's been disruptive. And Lord, I thank you for the increase. And Lord, we make a pledge to you today that with your help, with your guidance, with your wisdom, we will follow after you in a manner that we never have. Lord, you lead, we'll follow. You direct, we'll happily run after you. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you what you're doing as individuals, but as a a local body of faith, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we believe and trust in you for revival fire to hit this city, this community, this nation nations of the world Lord as we go from this house today Lord I pray that you would 
just let your love just settle down upon the hearts of those that are here until we meet again next Lord's Day Lord I pray I pray that your will would be done in our lives in Jesus name Amen and Amen